I'm not against hunting at all, but I am against this barbaric war against coyotes, the slaughter. When I drive through the big smoky valley and I see a sign, midnight coyote kill, it pisses me off. Welcome to Range, stories of the new American West. I'm Julia Ritchie. And I'm Amy Westervelt. And if you couldn't tell by the animal rights advocate we just played, things are going to get a bit coyote ugly in here today. In our first episode of Range, we promised to look at, well, a range of issues that embody the rugged individualism of the American West. Today, we're diving straight into a rural-urban divide of the practice of coyote hunting competitions, also called coyote derbies. For those of you unfamiliar with that, it's basically where a group of hunters get together for a weekend and shoot coyotes. Often they'll pool their money and dole out prizes for most kills and other categories. They're not terribly frequent, but flyers do pop up at least a couple times a year here. There are also whole YouTube channels dedicated to the sport. Here's a clip of a coyote hunt with more than 10,000 views from a channel called Antler Addicts. Can you see his teeth? The broken tooth. Yeah, he's nice. Tore him up. Looks like Jess. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. Man. He looks like our dog. That's really weird. Yep, that is a little weird. And I interviewed a guy who now lives in California, Phil Marshall, but was raised in a tiny town in central Nevada and still organizes derbies there once or twice a year. Here's his take. A lot of this is just to bring people together into a safe environment and uh, allow a hunt, and if, uh, if someone has a, has a discussion they want to pursue, we're welcome to, to listen to it. He says there isn't a lot of economic opportunity in Austin, and so any chance to do something to drive some business to his hometown, he does. It's also worth pointing out, Amy, that California, where he lives now, banned coyote hunting for prizes and cash just last year. You can still get together with your buddies and shoot coyotes all weekend. You just can't treat it as a competition. For the second time this year, wildlife advocates in Nevada have been trying to get the state to follow California's lead. They had a meeting about it recently that we went to. Yeah, and things got a little heated. So here are a few clips of people speaking for and against the ban. <clears throat> My name is Debbie Taylor. You know, just because we can do things doesn't mean it's morally right to do things. I think it's our responsibility to value life, whatever that life is. I think to go out and just indiscriminately wipe out coyotes just because you can shoot them lacks personal integrity, it lacks compassion, and, and I just believe that it's plain wrong. Good afternoon, Mel Belding, Washoe County. I attended a meeting at uh, the Humane Society last month, and I asked one of the petitioners what it was going to take, what's going to make you happy. And he very boldly told me that he wanted my traps, my guns, my four-wheel drive, and he wanted to shove them up my, my posterior. I think we need to deny this petition. I think it's very overreaching, and it's not needed. Thank you. Leah Sturgis was there representing Project Coyote, a California wildlife advocacy group that spearheaded the effort to get those restrictions in place. Since then, they've twice tried to get a similar petition through the Nevada Department of Wildlife. There's basically no limit on the amount of animals that can be killed. There's no bag limits or quotas like with deer and, and elk. And so we're trying to stop this basically slaughter. That's some pretty heavy language there. Yeah, indeed. And she wasn't the only one saying it. So after their first petition to get a coyote hunting ban failed, they tried again in November of last year. And about 40 people spoke. I tallied it up. 
Random coincidence, I actually talked to the Project Coyote people a few years back for a story on the coyote hunts in California. They are some passionate coyote people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get it to a certain extent. I grew up with coyote yowls lulling me to sleep, so I admit to a soft spot for those lovable rogues. They're just like these weird little super cute, like smart wild dogs that hang out everywhere. And I get it. Like I get not wanting to kill them. (laughs) But that's not science. Yeah. Here's Leah again on why she thinks they've been unsuccessful so far. Well, I feel that we were derailed, actually, because they were trying to tell us that we had to have the exact wording and language that would be in the regulation, which we don't. We're we're, we're representing an idea that basically we think that this unlimited killing goes against all the things that the department is actually here for, which is to uphold the public trust. All these, the wildlife is in the public trust, which we all own as Nevadans, and it doesn't follow science. Ah, yes, there's the science. So normally when we think about hunting restrictions, the idea is to manage a population to keep it within some acceptable range or to not hunt it at all in order to protect either a species or some other thing that's dependent on that species, right? You would think, but the coyote is actually an unprotected species in Nevada, just like jackrabbits, skunks, and weasels, so you know where it stands. (laughs) But I was intrigued by this idea that the coyote advocates kept citing that killing coyotes in this way, in coyote derbies, actually causes them to reproduce more. Yeah, that's stuck in my craw, too. So we called Fred Knowlton. This guy was a professor who studied coyotes for 40 years and is now retired in a little town in Utah. And according to him, this is not exactly true. So let me (laughs) ask you about the issue of coyote hunting competitions. Has that ever come up in Utah? It's come up, but it's been more common, I think, probably in Colorado and probably Nevada. So California is the only state that has so far put a prohibition on um, giving out prizes and money for the competitions, although you are still allowed to have organized hunting trips to kill coyotes. What the wildlife advocates were saying is that indiscriminate killing of coyotes actually exacerbates their population. And I wanted to ask you, since you've studied this for so long, is that true? I say no. Now, why they say that comes from uh, the impression that Litter sizes increase when coyote densities go down. That is a gross oversimplification of what happens. Personally, I don't believe any of the coyote hunting expeditions by the general public are effective at reducing coyote numbers. But any effective management plan should really be taking into account what the science says. And if if you're saying that's an oversimplification to say that hunting... Coyotes in this manner is actually making more coyotes. That's yeah. flawed. Yeah. Well, you have to realize that normal populations, if everything stays, if all circumstances stay equal, and I don't care. I mean, if you got hunting going on or don't have hunting going on, in that sort of circumstance, you can remove up to seventy percent of the coyote populations without affecting the population. So I'm just wondering if the coyote hunting competition efforts are more of a distraction to the real issue, which is that neither states nor the general public really have a good understanding of, number one, the coyote's role in the ecosystem. I I have to say use the term role because I think that that, I just say that their position. And what is their position? They survive by being a 
a carnivore. Now, that isn't may not be entirely true in some of your larger cities like Los Angeles, where you've got urban coyotes. And they're eating uh, garbage and things like yeah, that. They're, they know where every McDonald's and Arby's is. Because <laughs> 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 there's some people did some study of coyotes in Chicago. Those and, fat uh, coyotes. <laughs> they, uh, they radio track coyotes and they named their groups according to where they fed. And there was the McDonald's <laughs> pack and there was... <laughs> Last question is, what do you wish people understood about coyotes? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) They're a very unique, very adaptable animal. I sometimes refer to them as a single trial learner. They do something once and it works, and they they write it down in their book, big book of operations. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of respect for the coyote. Yes, I do. Uh, I've often said that it is a certain degree of... uh, Pleasant anticipation that I I sort of uh, look forward to an amber stain on my headstone. (laughs) You mean from a coyote peeing on your gravestone? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because of how extensively you, you studied them? Yeah. So the science seems to be sort of neutral on this. Yeah, like Fred says, it's probably more useful to study the areas where there are problems, usually more urban areas. It sounds like the argument about competitions is more emotional than scientific. Yes, and the hunters can be just as emotional. To them, it's like having their way of life criticized by a bunch of mostly older retirees who live in bigger cities like Reno or Las Vegas. Another guy, Bob Bruner, from that same hearing we heard from earlier in the episode, spoke to the main argument against the ban, which was that outlawing these hunting competitions would lead to a, quote, slippery slope to even more restrictions on hunting in the future. Unfortunately, his analogy got a little muddled. The premises that this is built on are all wrong. Okay, how does a teacher explain a coyote contest to her student? Good question. How does a teacher explain a transgender bathroom to a student? Now, those people have rights. The rights of the minority. Okay, the rights of the individual. All right, if the author wants to have a sex change, I do not have the right to tell them You can't do that. Julia, did he seriously just compare coyote hunting competitions to transgender rights? Yeah, and the fireballs they lobbed at each other just kept going. I witnessed people crying on both sides. But Leah from Project Coyote insists this is not the vast anti-hunting conspiracy some have alleged it to be. I grew up in a family where my dad hunted ducks and, and deer, primarily ducks, but I'm not an anti I'm not anti-hunting. None of us are. People can still go out and shoot as many coyotes as they want if that is what they enjoy doing. No one's trying to stop them. We're trying to stop organized events. The Nevada Board of Wildlife Commissioners voted 5-2 to two against the coyote hunting competition ban that day, despite there being far more people in support of it. Here's what Commission Chair Jeremy Drew had to say on why he voted against it. My opposition was really more in regards to uh, I don't believe we're at a point where a regulatory process is a proper course forward. Um, We've tried to deal with controversial topics through a regulatory process in the past, uh, and it's been very difficult to get both sides to come to the table and really try and find a consensus-based approach. After reporting on this, I'm not sure there is any common ground to be found But it seems like a good place to start would be to figure out just how many coyotes there are. In fact, the only population estimate out there was done a few years ago by government fur trappers, who guessed there were about 100,000 coyotes in Nevada alone. But no one can say for certain if that's accurate. And Fred says they're really hard to count. 
Note to self, must do episode on government fur trappers. What is that? (laughs) It's it's our new band name. (laughs) I might add that when I first reported this story, I received hate mail from both sides of the issue. I have a hunter who believes Project Coyote is part of this vast anti-hunting conspiracy and an animal rights activist who was upset that I included the opinions of the coyote hunter. I think offending both sides usually means you did it right. I really hope that's true. So, Amy, what can our renegade listeners expect in the next episode of Range? Oh, man, I spent the day picking all kinds of veggies and fruit with the Tahoe Food Hub people, and I got an earful about food resiliency and how you can still buy local, even in an area that basically has one half of a quarter of a growing season. You had me at food. This episode of Range was produced by me, Julia Ritchie. And me, Amy Westervelt. Our music was created by the super talented Mr. David Whited. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, just subscribe already. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a review or a comment, too. You can also find us online at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you've got an idea for a show or want to send us some hate mail on coyotes, shoot us a quick email at howdy at rangepodcast.org. So I've decided that my urban coyote name is In-N-Out. Mine's Jack in the Box. (laughs) 